Welcome back to This Week in Wyoming Cowboys Athletics here on wyomingathletics.org and ESP Media powered by Sodom Sports. I'm Jason Griefer, Assistant Athletic Director at Wyoming. Jeff King is back with us uh, once again. Jeff, we're just going to jump right into this thing here, and let's start with your boys basketball team. Uh, we talked last week, uh, a tough start to the year, losing their first three. Strong competition you played against, so nothing to shake a stick at and some new pieces trying to find their way in. They've started to hit their stride now. Won four in a row after the 54 to 40 win over Reading. Isaiah Walker went nuts, going for 31. And the thing that's interesting to me, and I've seen your team now twice in person the opener against LaSalle and that thriller we had last week against Hughes that wound up with a one point win for your team in which Walker hit the, hit the game winner in the waning seconds. But I'm watching this game and, and I'm thinking of this in comparison to the Reading game, and it almost felt like your team was trying to figure out who the second and third guys were going to be behind Isaiah. We all know Isaiah Walker is going to get his points and can take over a game seemingly at will because he's just that talented. And, and, and so I kept wondering, you know, okay, Isaiah's going to take over here. Isaiah's going to take over here. But it really felt like kind of a feeling out process early on in the season offensively for your team. Was that, has that been by design early in the year to try and find those other pieces to complement Isaiah? And then when you need him to, he can then go ahead and take over? You know, I, th- I think it just uh, speaks to trying to become a more and more complete team throughout this year. Um, you know, we got some guys that are really looking to step up. We, we lost a lot of talent, as we know, from last year. And, um, you know, there are guys in this team that really want to step up. Damian Creighton, Drew Rooks, Ben Bailey, you know, Jupe Mitchell, um, amongst some others that are really trying to find their stride. That, And it really comes down to Isaiah knows that he can trust those guys, dish those guys the ball off, get them some shots. And it's starting to work off really well. They're playing really well, like you said, winning four in a row. So as long as we can continue to mold just to that more and more complete team, to compliment Isaiah, compliment Damien and those guys, you know, um, we're feeling pretty good where we're heading. One of the guys that also stood out to me was Juke Mitchell in that game against Hughes and the defensive assignment to take on one of one of the leading scorers in in uh, in the CPAC for Hughes in that game and really did a good job on him. And, and he's he's knocking balls away. He's diving for balls. And I'm sitting there wondering, does he realize he's not playing defensive back anymore? That we're we're on the basketball floor, but it, it's fun. It's so fun to watch for him to bring that toughness and that mentality, and for me also the willingness to take on the best scorer on the other team and really kept him in check and made a big difference. Oh yeah, and we need that. We we need that toughness. Um, you know, coming from really all five of them, but he's Jupe is a really great great defender. Um, he's going to keep drawing those tough assignments. Uh, you know, from the other teams, you know, tough players, and he's doing a good job. And I, I think we need to keep uh, keep up that gritty play as we go throughout. You know, we're getting into a lot more league games here. I know we play Ross tonight, but then, you know, the league schedule opens up a little bit more as yeah. we go through. And we got a target on our back as we do, and it's, uh, it's something that we got to just keep playing tough, keep playing together. Does Jupe want that assignment every every night and out? Give me the number one guy on the other team. Yeah, I think he welcomes it. You know, he's a guy who wants to play, you know, competitive next level in football. And, um, you know, he obviously has the ability to do that and has the chance to do it. But he's a guy that loves competition. And I think whatever he can do to help the team, and if he draws that assignment, that's a good thing. Over on the girls' side, they had their first setback in the league against a Marymount team who's maybe as good as defensively as there is uh, in the city. They're giving up just 25 points per game right now through 10 or 12 games that they've played uh, on the season. But you come back on Saturday with another 
rock fight against Madeira. And that's how it was the first time when you two got together. And, and we kind of talked about this before that, you know, we're, you're going to see them twice within a week. And the second one was a grinder again, but you get the win on the road, 35 to a 34. So your defense continues to show itself among the elite uh, in the area as well. And, and we talked about the intensity of coach Isaac uh, a, a week ago. And, and I'm wondering at what point did these girls realize with coach Isaac that they can make life, for lack of a better phrase, a living H-E double hockey sticks for their opponent on the offensive end and make every possession a fight to score? You know, I think it probably started to come pretty early when Coach Isaac took over and, um, you, you know, the mentality that he drives throughout practices, knowing that if we can play really, really tough defense, you know, and, and make, the, make it super tough for the girls on the other teams to get baskets, get open, um, move the ball around, that we can be in good shape throughout this season and play to our strengths and play really, really tough. And, you know, that just shows against playing against a really tough Madeira team two times in one week and gritting out two wins there. And like you said, the Marymount win with Mar Marymount loss, I'm sorry, was a tough one, um, especially, you know, so we split the series with them. But, you know, we, we like where we're at, we're headed into where we're at headed into tonight for sure. And you think of that that Marymount game, you only gave up 34 points. So I mean right. that that's right that's right in your wheelhouse. I, I can just imagine, you know, in seeing the results and watching the game film and seeing that your team is giving up, you know, 24, 21, 22, you know, 23 points, whatever the case may be. The coach Isaac's just sitting back and just saying, like, mm -hmm, yep, this is what I want to do. Just kind of rubbing his hands together, saying, Yep, this is me. Is, is that pretty much how it is with him? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, and, and then if we can start to get more points on the board, if we keep playing defense like that, we're going to win a lot of ball games, you know, and, and especially with how tough we are. And we keep going back to that. But I mean, it just goes to show, like on Saturday, you know, Vanessa Rosan are coming through and hitting two big free throws at the end of the game to kind of seal the deal. You know, that's toughness to be able to sit on the line and hit two, hit, hit two shots like that. Um, and come away with the win. So we keep doing that on the defensive side. Needs to translate over the offense side, hopefully to get more points up on the board. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's a good direction with that win for Saturday. And especially given the fact that it now gets you back, you know, just uh, still just one loss in the in the league. So you're right there at the top right. uh, with, with a couple of others there as well. Let's change gears. Uh, let's move into the pool. And let's let's talk about the West Claremont Diving Classic because Grace Courtney, you know, off of last year's season that she had goes and wins this thing. And this, that's no small feat. This is a pretty darn big tournament and pretty darn big meet. And she goes and wins the thing. You know, I'm going to make a terrible joke here, but I have a microphone, so I'm going to allow myself that freedom. Uh, she would have had a perfect score, but the East German judge only gave her an eight and a half on her final dive. <laughs> kids, Google, kids go Google that. If you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about there, I'm showing my age here, but uh, you know, with, with, with grace, you know, she's, she was state runner up a year ago goes and wins this thing here and it just the beat goes on for her uh, how is that the fact that she didn't win state last year motivated her into this year and how much in in the coaches minds has her diving improved as a result of that added edge to take the next step and become a state champion I think it's a big motivation for her. She knows that she's right there to be a state champion. Um, you, you know, Coach Karn, who, who's new this year on the diving side, he's done such a great job. He's so excited about her. And in fact, actually just sent me a message this morning talking about her a little bit, you know, of how great that she's been doing. And we're super excited about where she's at, knowing that, I mean, they had well over 100 divers at this tournament. It was a super tough tournament, and she was able to come, come away with a win like that. That's a really big statement. When she gets going like this, how how big is it for a for a program with a new coach like you said to come in and he knows 
this coach, the coach comes in and, you know, every coach wants to make their imprint and they want to tinker with things. They want to tweak things. Maybe if some, some athletes, no matter what the sport, they want to change how they approach it, but you have a ready-made nearly state champion right here. How much has he worked with grace this season to try and take her to the next step? Or has he had to at all because she's just that good? You know, I'm sure there's there's fine tuning things there a little bit. Um, you know, his his experience comes from at, at the collegiate level and everything, which you know, she's showing that she could be very well, you know, a, a diver of that caliber. And and I know it just when it comes down to that that level and, and competing for state championships, a lot of times it's just those little things that you got to tweak a little bit. And and he's certainly up for the challenge to make her, you know, and, and optimize her as much she, as she can going into the state tournaments and. Um, I'm sure they're working hand in hand, super close to make sure everything's tightened up and a really, really good shot at hopefully taking that thing home this year. Lastly, with Grace, how big was this? As you said, there were over 100 divers at, at this meet. This is, a, this, as you said, this is a big deal, this, this West Claremont Diving Classic. How big of a litmus test is was this for her in terms of the competition she's going to see when she eventually gets to the state tournament, which I'm presuming she will be there? Yeah, it's huge. You know, whenever we can get as many divers as we can to compete against, you're always going to see a great pool of um, a ton of different talent, knowing that you're going to get to that talent when you get to the higher levels and, and later on in the tournament. So it's definitely a good test for her, one of which she passed very, very well. So we're excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's uh let's change gears once again and let's head to the bowling lanes and let's start with the boys first you know as we were talking last week uh, a, a tough loss to Reading in which your, your team performed very very well and then they come back and the way the schedule works out you get to see Deer Park twice within a, a really close proximity but you eke out two really close wins the first one by 38 total pins the second one by 27 wins and I know you you playing you playing athletics yourself it, it, you can win by an inch or a mile. It doesn't really matter. A, a win's a win there. But we we also touched on last week kind of the Jekyll and Hyde season they've had. You know, really good outside of conference. In conference had been a struggle. Now they've got a couple of conference wins uh, to show for their hard work uh, at this point. How big can that be to now see their hard work pay off in the league and show they can compete in the league and, and use that to spring forward into the back half of the year? It's really big, and that's one of the reasons why you do talk. You know, you schedule non-conference games to hopefully, hopefully propel yourself for success in the league. And I think our league is showing that right now it's a really tough competitive bowling league. So if we can start to get to pile up those wins, we're going to feel you know really good about where we're at heading into hopefully being able to compete for one of those top spots in the league on that you know on that boy side. Uh, over on the girls, we we again talked last week about all the trials and tribulations last year of building the program, building the program, and then the team took their lumps last season. There's no way to, there's no better, there's no way to sugarcoat that. But uh, they have turned this thing around incredibly uh, this year. You know, you beat Deer Park last time out there. Actually, beat Deer Park twice with the way the schedules work out there. But in, in doing so now. You've now unofficially set a school record for wins in a season, and that's no small feat. Again, given where they were uh, from a year ago, you know, and we've seen you know the wins come this season—a really good start to the year. Uh, obviously, you know, you saw it coming for weeks now. It, at what point did you and Coach Wood see and believe that this team of bowlers coming off of the last year they could come into this year completely flip the script? And make school history in the progress in the process. 
Well, I mean, honestly, Coach Wood was super excited about this team going into the year at the very beginning. So I, I think there was just a couple fine-tuned things that we needed to know that we could take this program to the next level. We're going to continue to try to do that, and setting records like that only helps with you know making sure that that program is getting the recognition that it deserves and hopefully continues to get really, really even more competitive and, and um moves forward breaking more records we want that record to fall down you know next year as well but we also want to focus on that league championship and, and we're right there with it so hopefully we can start to you know pile up some more wins and really compete for the titles yeah sitting at four and two in the league tied for the most wins in the league right now reddings at two and oh but they're just they're just really getting going as well taylor right there at four and one so I mean, you've got everything you could hope for uh, right in front of you there so that that's that's a a, a pretty big deal uh, especially you know as this program as you said continues to grow and, and can you continues to build uh let's uh move on here and let's talk about your uh, wrestling teams and we talked about how you know all of these all these men and i don't want to say young men because i even in my home i don't want to be stuffed into a locker <laughs> uh the these uh these men here you know back in action this past weekend against bethel tate and batavia in a separate duels uh, and, 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 and did quite well there. This schedule has constantly been changing. As we talked about last week, it was literally, I made the pitch last week to contact you for any wrestling team out there wanted to meet and wanted to get some of the Cowboys wrestlers to call you or call coach and, uh, and, uh, try and get something set up here because they just want to compete. Mm -hmm. So with that, what's, what's up next for your wrestling team? And, uh, and, and to the second part of that, are they able to really do any kind of scouting on on future opponents, given the fact that they could add somebody within 12 to 18 hours before they're supposed to hit the mats? Yeah, I mean, so you know, for your first part of the question, what's next? So actually tomorrow we head up to Licking Valley for, for state duels, and, and that's that's going to be quite the trek up, up north a little bit, but it's going to be a really competitive, um, really competitive match. And we're definitely ready for it. We, you know, the, the duels this weekend, especially against Batavia super close match that we were able to come away with the win. Those guys are so tough and coach lines has, has them really ready to wrestle anyone. So when it comes down to kind of scouting anybody else, he's really told me since the beginning of the year, look, let's find matches. We don't really necessarily care who it is. We want to wrestle and we want to wrestle the best guys that we can to get our guys ready for sectionals, get our guys ready for state. And that's what we're doing in this Licky Valley, Licking Valley match um, tomorrow is going to be really tough. And this Saturday, we got another um, invitation with Miami Trace. So that's going to be a really tough matchup as well. Um, but it, it's we're just super excited about where we're at and where we're going with that program that, you know, look, we'll scout when we can, but we know yeah. we're going to show up and we know we're going to compete. Well, and, and to that point, I, I want to go through the records of some of your – or I could go through them all, really, if I wanted to here, but I'll just, I'll just highlight a few here because some of these numbers are just stupid, for, for lack of a better phrase. Malachi O'Leary at 120 is 11-1 with six pins. Jacob Bryan at 138, 12-1 with eight pins. Nathan Bryan, 160, 13-1, nine pins. C.J. Huster, a sophomore, is 12-1 with 11 pins. Sophomore. Jared Hancock, 10 and 2, 8 pins. Bryce Hickson, 10 and 2, 6 pins. Bruce Wagers, 9 and 0, 7 pins. The best name I've heard for a guy at 285, Onyx Mendenhall. Uh, I mean, can you ask for a more don't screw with me yeah, type dude. of name here, or I'm, or I'm going to mess you up? He's 13 and 0 with nine pins. I mean, come on. Yeah. That, I mean, that, Co Coach Lyons has these, has these guys ready every week. That program is constantly on the rise. 
and we're so proud of you know where they're at. Like you just said, those records, I mean, they speak for themselves. And really, it's just it's a collective group of guys that has similar goals, and they know that we can wrestle anybody. And we're just so excited to see what they're going to do throughout this week and the rest of the year, sectionals, you know, uh, hopefully onto the state state tournament. As I said, Onyx Mendenhall may be the toughest name for a wrestler that you could hope for. And I would assume that's maybe a little intimidating for an opponent when they see, I got to wrestle a dude named Onyx. Well, how, how, how is he off the mat? It's, it's funny when you see him, you got to realize too, well, I got to wrestle him when, when you see him, it's, 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 that, that wouldn't be a great sight to see across the mat. He's no. I'll tell you what I mean, he, he's, su- he's such a great student athlete, um, ton of fun to work with. You know, he went out for the football team for the first time this year, but wrestling is his sport and he works so hard at it. He's so good at it. Um, and he's just been so much fun to, tr- to train and work with, see on the mat, see his excitement, but also what's really, you know, stands out about Onyx. Every other match that goes on, he's he's standing up, watching the match, watching his teammate teammates shouting out stuff, to, you know, to, to help them out the whole match. He's always so involved and so in it. He's turned into a really great leader for that program. Have you tried testing him? <laughs> I haven't. I don't know if I'm up for that challenge. You know, <laughs> and I say you're 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 pretty well put together guy. You know, you you've played college football. You you continue to train. You know the kids help help train the kids there at Wyoming. You're pretty put together yourself. If I I've seen you in person several times. You know you're no you're no small guy, but you're still kind of just you're hey, not going to test that. You know what? It's it's. It, I think we said this last week. It's I always tell, especially you know the different athletes. You don't mess with wrestlers. <laughs> those, are the guys, those are the guys you don't mess with. And, uh, um, you know, we, we, we got a great team of a whole bunch of good ones. Yeah, you do. And, and, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't take the time to combine their total win loss record because it's something absurd. You just heard the individuals. And, and I think that also too, that, that has to make it tough for an opponent when they can go on the CHL website and see the records and go, Whoa, there's not really a weakness uh, on this team in, in any weight class. How big of a mental edge can that give your team going in, knowing how good they already are, but to to know that they have the records to back it up and those other teams can see those same records just as I can and know that they don't lose very often. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's not necessarily that they really harp on what their records are, but they just know that every time they step on the mat, they can compete with anybody. And that, and that gets instilled at them through practice, through training, like going back to Coach Lyons again, making sure that those guys know he, they're going to be prepared to match up with anyone, no matter what their record is, no matter what their opponent is. Um, and they're excited to do it every single time. You know, when they don't get a, when they don't get to wrestle, you can see kind of the anger in, in their faces because they want to wrestle. They want to compete. So, you know, they just want to keep going at it and hopefully keep compiling those wins. So, so, and that's another interesting point is too, is why you don't mess with wrestlers, because I'm sure in some, in some areas, some athletes, you know, they, they can't compete. It's oh shucks. And they kind of get bummed out. And, and it seems like their mindset is, okay, I can't wrestle today. Well, the next guy, next guy I face is going to pay for that. Right. (laughs) And, and, and that's, that's seemingly what, what they continue to do uh, time in a timeout. They are on a roll. You know, they're not the only one of your winter sports that are, that are really getting the really has their act together as they're heading into the uh, to the later stages and into the second half of the winter season. It's nice to say we have a second half of the winter season, but we are uh, we are here at that point really for all your winter sports there. And it's been a lot of fun to talk about the last couple of weeks. Jeff, certainly appreciate the time uh, here today and uh, look forward to uh, talking about more wrestlers 
folding up dudes a week from now. <laughs> Jason, I appreciate it, man. It was great. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. And one other programming note here, uh, we will be covering, ESPN Media will be covering the uh, girls basketball game against New Richmond tonight. So check that out on watchhsports.tv uh, as well. And you'll be able to, to, to keep an eye on the girls basketball program there. That is Assistant Athletic Director Jeff King joining us here on this week in Wyoming Cowboys Athletics here on wyomingathletics.org and ESPN Media powered by Southern Sports.